Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is America's number one daily podcast network. This podcast is all about the BYU Cougars. 99 days until football season is here. BYU and Utah kicking off the season at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Thursday, August 29th. We're counting it down for you, starting off today with our player countdown. We'll go through the players on BYU's roster. If we have audio from them, we'll play it for you like we will today with Zach Daw, BYU defensive end. Expected to be a big part of the rotation along BYU's defensive front. We'll talk with him here in this first segment conversation we've played previously on this podcast during spring ball we had some great thoughts on his move from defensive tackle now out to the edge playing defensive end and his play as a whole what he expects to do this season for the Cougars you'll also hear from in the second segment from BYU standout second baseman infielder Jackson Clough the two-time national player of the week we'll let you hear from him about the upcoming WCC tournament for the number 24 BYU Batcats the BYU baseball program what he makes of this team and what they've done this season. You'll hear from him about that. And of course, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports in the final segment. Some awards being handed out for the baseball program. Mike Littlewood and Brock Hell among those honored. We'll run that down for you as well. Today's podcast brought to you by good friends at Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip on social media. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there, do that, get rewarded. This podcast is also available on all major podcatchers, Apple Podcasts, Google, uh, Spotify, and also the brand new Himalaya Podcast app. They're proud to be a partner of the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Cougars, and we're proud to have them on board. So if you're looking for a new way to listen to this podcast each and every day, check us out on the Himalaya Podcast app. All right, with that, let's get going. This is Locked on Cougars for May 22nd, 2019. All right, guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us. A rainy, wet day here along the Wasatch Front, but wherever you're listening in from, thanks for joining us on a Wednesday hump day edition of the show. 99 days to BYU football, uh, BYU and Utah kicking off the season this year. Just me, this is just my personal opinion, but if they're going to play this game every year, and I hope they do, that's just my personal opinion. I think it should be a, a rivalry series that continues into it the forever, essentially. They should play this game to kick off the season each year. That's just my personal take. I don't think it has the same juice when it's the second or third game of the year. And it's a pipe dream to believe that the Pac-12 will ever relent and let that game be the final game of the season each year. I don't think Utah wants that with them being in the Pac-12 and so long as BYU is an independent doesn't necessarily matter, but if BYU were to get into a conference, I don't think they'd want to step aside from conference play at the end of the season to play a non-conference game, even if if, if it is the rivalry game. So if this game is going to continue on into the future, I want to see it at the start of the season each year. I think it's a great way to kick off the season. It builds the hype throughout the year in that first game. You get it out of your system. These players, some have talked about how the game really can drag people down, drag them down personally, just with all the hype and the, the emotion surrounding it. If they're going to play it, I think it should be the first game of the year, but it's not my not my call ultimately on that, but just my suggestion for the all parties involved. Tom Holmo at BYU if he's looking at scheduling this going into the future and we'll see what Utah decides to do Uh, there's been plenty of talk by them by their fans on social media they don't want to see this game every year 
I think honestly that Utah's administration, I think they do want to see it every year, but we'll see. They have a changing of the guard going on up there. They have a new athletic director. They're kind of changing out the old guard. We'll see with the new blood uh, taking over at Utah how things change there. I know that uh, they valued the rivalry in the past, and I'm hoping that it continues, but we're 99 days away. We're going to start off our countdown with our player countdown running 99 all the way to one as we kick things off and Today, of course, we'll go by the roster numbers coming out of spring ball. And number 99 on the roster is BYU junior Zach Daw, a former standout wrestler and football star at Pleasant Grove High School. Daw's a guy that I've been intrigued by ever since he popped up on BYU's recruiting radar way back when. Uh, Like I said, a standout wrestler, a guy that I believe won national titles in Greco-Roman wrestling. So just absolutely phenomenal. Listed at 6'4", 273 pounds. Uh, served a mission in Houston, Texas for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, had some back issues earlier on in his career. Has jumped around from offensive line to defensive line. Eventually landed a defensive tackle last year. Played in all 12 games last year. Finished with 16 total tackles and a sack. Here's hoping he can continue to contribute. He's going to move out to the edge. He dropped some weight. We talked to him during spring ball. He looks a lot more svelte uh, as defensive linemen go. He'll be playing on the defensive end uh, position for BYU, kind of the opposite end role of what Corbin Kafusi did last year. So taking over what Trajan Peely kind of held down last year, if you kind of want a reference point. And I really feel like he, he should have a good opportunity to really start and make an impact there. I'm expecting him to be able to set the edge. Almost at times plays a third defensive tackle on the field for BYU when they play against heavy run sets. And he's still got the ability to get to the quarterback. I think he's got that ability. He had that sack a year ago. So here's hoping that he can contribute in the pass rush as well. But I had a chance to catch up with him during spring ball. This is during the latter stages of spring ball talk with him about the move to defensive end what he expects of himself why the move was made etc so here's that conversation i have with zach daw talking about his move to playing defensive end for byu first things first you're looking mighty trim thank you i appreciate it you're making the move to defensive end from the inside out to the outside. Was this a position you were originally recruited to under Bronco Mendenhall, and now you're kind of going back to it? Yeah, um, that's this is a position I played in high school, and uh, what I feel most comfortable at is playing defensive end. And so last year they just um, were a little bit lower on depth, a D-tackle, so they brought me in and kind of helped me with my uh, run game a little bit. But now they've seen, um, you know, kind of my body type, so I've leaned out and they've bumped me back out to defensive end. What do you feel like is your biggest asset having played inside now as you move to the outside? Um, I think the biggest thing that I learned is just being able to stay, you know, in the trenches in the run game and just um, learn a little bit more about leverage and just um, on the inside things develop a lot faster than on the outside it's a little bit slower. And so just to be able to help with my hand-eye coordination and reaction towards blocks of those big offensive linemen, um, it's been super helpful to move back out where things are a little bit slower and you have a little bit more time to read um, as things develop. So, Losing a guy like Corbin Kafusi, a lot of people wonder, okay, what's the pass rush going to look like this year? Give me your assessment through a week of spring of how it looks. Um, you know, Corbin, he can't be replaced. He's, you know, a monster and a six foot ten, you know, workhorse. So we'll miss him. But um, I'm excited about the guys that we have, and I think you know we can succeed and uh, you know do a lot of great things this year and uh, even better than what we did last year as far as pressure and and the way we worked. We got 
all of our defensive ends and defense linemen working really hard. And uh, just from one-on-ones, um, last year we focused a lot on power and bringing power, but um, Coach Chuyaki's kind of taking a little bit off us and letting us try some things. Okay. And uh, a lot of it's working. Um, like guys like Uriah Lopa, um, um, yeah, Uriah's – He's a super finesse guy, and just to be able to see him move and uh, a couple of guys, J.J. Newigways, coming over from tight end, and he's been able to bring some speed and power and a little bit like that. So um, I think we're, we're going to have an awesome – you know, even our tackles are all big, strong, and fast. So um, pass rush, I, I feel bad for the other team's quarterbacks this year. So Okay, so you said – Coach Fiaghi said last year emphasis a little more on power. So this year is it more okay – this is what you're gonna go give it a shot. Is that kind of what the idea um, is? So last year we kind of had a little bit more of a uh, newer defense of scheme okay. for the defense lineman, and now all of us are are returners mm-hmm. for the most part. We know what he expects, mm-hmm. and uh, he's working with us on our football kind of IQ and our knowledge. And through that knowledge, um, we're able to have a little bit more leniency, a little bit of a longer leash on the field of things that we can do. And uh, if something's open, we might be able to, you know, move a different way or or not bring some power and bring some speed or just kind of be able to gauge it on the scenario rather than like a textbook answer. So if I recall early in your career, you've actually even played offensive line for a bit, right? Yeah. How's that been playing three different positions so far through your career? Um, you know, it's been great for me just to be able to learn um, playing offense line for uh, you know, a little bit with my redshirt freshman year helped me understand kind of their um, thinking process and kind of the technique of how offense alignment are thinking. And then switching to defensive tackle, just kind of figure out, you know, you have to play a little bit bigger. You know, those guys on the inside, they're no joke. Yeah. And so uh, just be able to learn how to kind of leverage and use my weight and then moving back outside, just kind of put it all together just to try to become more a complete player. So. Coach Tuiaki talked last week. We were here the first two days when you guys didn't have pads on. He said the defensive line, we'll see when they finally get shoulder pads on, how it changes. Can you explain how much different it is for you guys in the trenches when you guys don't have pads? Um, You know, there's not tons of difference of the speed, Mm -hmm. but just what we're able to do as a defensive line, we're able to um, bring more power and bring more, um, you know, of our game with then without pads because you know you can pull you get more leverage on shoulder pads um with that you can hit harder you can come harder there's you know more confidence in what you can do so it's it changes up the game a lot makes it less of a a foot game and more of a physical battle so last thing for me are you hoping these quarterbacks are made live at some point this spring um you know I feel bad if they did because, you know, the defensive line, we're bringing some serious heat. Um, but I think it'd be fun, you know, just to be able to, to actually go and uh, be able to complete kind of the – it's exciting to go, come through, but just to tag off on a quarterback doesn't satisfy the need. So <laughs> so you're hoping they, yeah, they would turn them loose. You know, um, hopefully in the spring game they turn them loose for a little bit. That would be fun. So awesome. Thanks so much, Zach. Thank you. Appreciate it. There you go. BYU defensive end Zach Dodd, number 99 on our 99 to 1 countdown for BYU. Of course, we won't be going on the weekends with this podcast. I may do some shorts, though, and do like player spotlights. It's just uh, podcast shorts. So it'd be like just a short tidbit about that player on the roster. And where there are numbers that aren't filled, we'll put guys who are incoming freshmen, etc., into those slots. So it should be a fun summer. We'll get you to 
kickoff against Utah 99 days from today. It is coming quickly. We are under a month away from BYU Football Media Day, so exciting time. Excited for this. Hopefully Summer decides to show up at some point here along the Wasatch Front in the Rockies. It's been a very wet winter and also extending into an extended spring that's been very wet, but Here's hoping the summer shows up. That way we can roll through the summer, have some fun, and then football is here before we know it. Uh, tomorrow, of course, we'll hit number 98. So just day by day, we'll be cr- tracking this for you. And on the days we don't do a full podcast going forward, we will on the weekends and whatnot double up on a Friday and a Monday for those two days, Saturday and Sunday. But I still might do some shorts and release them on those various days. So hopefully that makes sense to you. And we also might be dropping to a three-day-a-week um, format for the summer at some point. I'm going to continue on doing every day as long as I possibly can, and maybe that carries on through the summer. We'll see what we can do uh, to keep you guys updated. All right, next up on the podcast, we're going to catch up with BYU infielder, sophomore Jackson Clough, guy that might be drafted this year. He's had a fantastic year coming off a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Of course, leading his team in the WCC tournament is BYU. The number 24 Cougars are the number one seed in the West Coast Conference tournament, beginning play tomorrow against Loyola Marymount. You hear from Jackson Clough about his experience coming back off a mission, his play this year, all that next right here on the Locked on Cougars podcast. Before we go, a reminder for you guys to check us out on the Himalaya podcast app. Fantastic new app that's available now. Always got new technology that they're developing within that app, new features. I have used it on road trips of late, one I made to California most famously just a couple of weeks ago, and it performed flawlessly. If you're looking for a new way to listen to the podcast you catch up on, including this one, the Locked on Cougars podcast check us out on the himalaya podcast app all right more in a moment this is locked on cougars Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. Please continue to subscribe, rate, and review the show. We've seen great numbers with our download numbers and giving those ratings and reviews, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, which a lot of people do. That five-star review is worth its weight in podcast gold. So I would encourage you guys, if you don't mind taking a few moments, to give us that good rating and review. That five-star review would be awesome. Uh, Talking some BYU baseball now, of course, they begin play in the West Coast Conference Tournament tomorrow at 4 o'clock Mountain Time. There'll be a live stream on the W.TV. BYU Radio also expected to broadcast the game live from Banner Island in Stockton, California. Had a chance to catch up with Jackson Clough, an infielder for BYU, a two-time national player of the week this season, a sophomore coming off a mission in Atlanta, Georgia for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It has been an awesome year for him. He's done some great things. Of course, his father was a two-time All-American for BYU, uh, Paul Clough and He's drafted in the fourth round of the 1989 MLB Junior Amateur Draft. Jackson very much could be following in his footsteps. Uh, Jackson has uh, scored 57 runs this year and dro- driven in 56 RBIs. His batting average of 340 on 191 at-bats is absolutely incredible. Also has stolen 12 bases. It has been an awesome year for him coming off a mission, and here's hoping that it continues for him. But we had a chance to talk to him about coming off a mission, his play this year, and also just the team's mentality as they get ready for for the WCC tournament. So here you go. BYU infielder, sophomore Jackson Clough of the BYU Baseball Program. 
Um, I definitely think we're excited. I mean, that's what you play for all season is to give yourself the best chance in the tournament. But I think they're pretty loose, kind of excited to see what's going to go, what's going to happen, and um, mostly just confident that, you know, we don't feel like this is going to be our last weekend of playing baseball. So, you feel like you guys did enough to get an at-large berth if you don't win the tournament? Um, you know, I'm not too educated on all that RPI stuff. I feel like... You know, I don't know how it all works. There's a lot of teams that, that get in, and comparatively speaking, there's a lot of teams that should be in there that don't get in. So I don't know how it all works, but I hope we just take care of business so we don't have to rely on the at-large bid. What was the message from the coach today as you guys met after the... Yeah, coach just told us that, you know, we kind of had it. We kind of struggled this weekend. It kind of seemed like we were playing a little tense against Santa Clara. So he just tried to help us stay focused on being relaxed and um, going into the conference tournament with a purpose. You know, remembering that we put together a good season and we're the team to beat. So we just have to go in confident and and understand that we want to be in control of playing more baseball. So we don't want to rely on other people to put us in the NCAA tournament. So just trying to go in focused and playing our best baseball. He's had guys who haven't necessarily produced early in the season step up late here, like Abraham Valdez. Say it one more time. You had guys step up late this season. They didn't necessarily produce early on this season. What does it say about this team? You have just guys that are stepping up at critical moments. Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't even just say it was this weekend. I mean, Abraham definitely came up big for us, but I think that's kind of been the, the character of our team all year is every game has been someone different. You win games by getting clutch pitching and, and clutch hitting. So every game has been a different hitter that's stepped up, and our pitchers have done a great job all year. So it's been, it's like I said, it's just a character of our team. Does, does winning a, a conference tournament kind of validate winning the, the, the regular season as well, or, or are they just kind of separate uh, um, I mean, I think it validates it to some extent, but the conference tournament is definitely a lot bigger than the conference, the regular season title, you know. So I think the conference tournament says a lot more about a team because, I mean, that's when it matters. That's when you got to play your best, and, and that's winning when it's clutch. So I think that it has a lot more weight to it is the tournament. Thoughts on opening with LMU and recollections of your series with them in the regular season? Yeah, I mean, it was a, a great series. They played hard. Um, they gave us a run for our money all three games. We ended up dropping the first one. So, I mean, we'd anticipate that they'd, they'd start their uh, Paeva again. He, he beat us last time when we were down there. So we're excited to go back into it, and hopefully we can make some adjustments and, and get them back. You'd like to not end up in the loser bracket to start, but you've been a resilient club all year, meaning if you do drop one, you've tended to come back and win a series, for example, every time out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it definitely, that first game is big. I mean, when you look at it, it doesn't really matter what seed you are going into the tournament because each team that makes it their number one pitcher I mean everyone's got a good number one right. and and even more than that so that first game is huge my freshman year we dropped the first one so hopefully we can we can take care of business that first game but yeah definitely going into the if you're staying in the winner's bracket it definitely gives you a lot more confidence going into those last couple days but you know what whatever happens I'm confident the team will bounce back whatever happens can you speak maybe a little bit to the resiliency of the team this year in terms of uh, never out of a series and, and find a way to win them pretty much most of them yeah I, I mean I mean, even the series that we that we dropped this year, even in conference play, I would say that 
every every time we've come back with a purpose to win and uh, i mean not to be disrespectful to other teams but it kind of has the feeling of when we lose you know like we're kind of surprised not that they're not a good team or they didn't play well but it's just we know that if we play our best baseball each day defense and offense we know that we can hang out we can hang with anyone so um i would just i would say that's the resiliency of the team is just having the confidence that if we even if it's in the seventh or eighth inning if we step up and play our baseball that we can get the job done what was the feeling like when you guys kind of clinched that one seed, that conference tournament, or that regular season title, that kind of thing? Because I don't know if you guys knew, but it, it has been a minute since BYU baseball has kind of been at that level. So were, were you guys pretty excited, kind of celebrate for maybe a night and, and then move on, obviously? Or? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that last game, um, we knew that if we won that game on Saturday against Santa Clara that we were going to have at least a share of the title. Um, it wasn't too much celebrating because we weren't sure if we were going to be outright or if it was if we were going to share it. So, um, But I would say the excitement's been all year. I mean, we've put together 19 wins in conference, and so that's pretty big for us, and, and we felt good about that. But like I said, the conference title is, you know, we're grateful for it. It means a lot. We had a good regular season, but this is where it matters. So kind of looking forward more to the tournament right now and hopefully put a good, good run in the postseason. Jackson, when did you get back from your mission? I got back last June, end of June, so about 11 months ago. What's been the biggest key to you being able to come back right away and make a contribution? Because some guys can, some guys struggle a little bit getting back. I mean, what was your story like? Well, I would definitely say, like, the biggest thing is just the confidence the coaching staff and my teammates have had in me. It's because it's, you know, with guys leaving on a mission and coming back here and there, you know, it can it's definitely different with the chemistry. But I, I can't say enough about my teammates and my coaches just letting me step up and, and come in like I never missed a beat. But as far as physically, I mean, that goes away pretty quick. Um, Where did you serve? I served in Atlanta, Georgia. So not a lot of baseball going on there for you? <laughs> not a lot, but there's, I mean, baseball is a, Atlanta is a hotbed for baseball. So I was around it quite a bit, but I mean, don't get too many opportunities to play when you're teaching every day. But I would say the hardest thing to get back in is just the, the baseball IQ. You don't think about it for two years. Sometimes you, it takes a while to get used to it, but physically as you work out and our trainers and um, weightlifting staff, they do a great job of putting us on good programs to help us keep from injury and stuff. Did you feel ready before this season to contribute like you did? Because you're one of, I think, two guys that started every game, or two or three of you, I think, started every game. Did, did you feel like you could be kind of that everyday um, in football, like on the, the every down guy kind of a thing? Did you feel like you could be one of those guys? Yeah, I, I mean, I felt that that's what I wanted to do, and that's what I was hoping to do. And like I said, um, just meeting with the coaching staff in the fall and all through the spring, just working out the kinks, I definitely had a – um, I mean, you always do have a lot of things you got to keep working on, but uh, they're pretty patient with me and helping me figure out what I needed to do so I could contribute every day on this team because that was my goal. I mean, the goal is to get W's, and I want to be able to help the team every day get that win. So, National Player Player of the Week awards, kind of validation of all that work, though. Yeah, I kind of feel bad, though. A couple weeks ago, I feel like I stole that one from Brock. He hit two, <laughs> Brock hits two grand slams in one week, and, and somehow I get it for getting a couple base hits. But, you know, it, with it's kind of it goes to show like the regular season title and all the accolades that come with player of the week, player of the year, all these things that you kind of wait on to see what's going to happen or first place in the, in the regular season. You know, what really matters is if we win now. So um, as nice as those are and as grateful that each of us as, uh, as teammates are for all the accolades that we've got, um, I think moving forward is most focused on getting wins now in the postseason. 
you hope there are more wins to come. What has made this season special so far, special to you? Oh, I definitely hope there's more wins because, I mean, I just look back in my freshman year. We had a great team. We had a great regular season. We kind of struggled a little bit towards the end. And by struggle, I mean, we just weren't playing our best baseball towards the end of the season. Um, and our season was cut short. You know, we went two and out in the conference tournament. And that was definitely a disappointment to us. So looking forward now, I think we're in a similar situation where we know we have a team that, like I said, if we play to the best of our ability, we can compete with anyone that we play. And so that's why we want to set ourselves up for a shot to make it to the NCAA tournament, to get to a regional. And after that, you never know what, what can happen. So, I mean, I definitely think that all of us are looking forward to playing more baseball, but we got to focus this weekend to make sure we get there what's the vibe of this team right now in the room i would definitely say excited i mean i would just definitely think that the jitters are kind of gone after last weekend we like i said we kind of played tight this past weekend but it's pretty relaxed and pretty confident going into the tournament we got, got a lot of guys that haven't been to the tournament before yet but also some some good senior leadership that has been and some other guys that were part of that 2016 team with me that come back from missions so it's a good mix of you know anxious but also confident there you go jackson clough thank him for taking the time and it's gonna be an exciting time to see how byu baseball does this year i think they should make it to at least the championship round of the west coast conference tournament here's hoping they don't flame out and really put themselves at the mercy of the ncaa tournament committee because as mike littlewood said you heard on yesterday's podcast just with byu's no sunday play it could cause them some issues in terms of getting bumped for other teams and i don't want to see that happen i think this team deserves to be in the postseason deserves a chance to play in the ncaa regionals with an opportunity to go to super regionals and then of course the college world series we'll see how it all plays out but i'm hoping that they take care of business this week at banner island there in stockton we'll break that down for you more on tomorrow's podcast got a couple of special podcasts coming up tomorrow and friday as well got some listeners uh they're going to be joining the show to drive the show with their thoughts on byu sports i promised you guys we were going to get to it going to be recording those today and tomorrow it looks like and we'll start playing those over the coming days and we'll also get some interviews I sit down with some of my media friends uh, covering that cover BYU and talk with them in some extended interviews that we'll play on the podcast as we head on into June. So a lot to look forward to on the podcast. And like I said, there's at some point we may drop to a three uh, podcast a week format for the summer, but I'm going to drive as long as I possibly can with an everyday format for you guys, the fans. All right, we'll come back on the other side, catch up on everything else in BYU sports. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys that today's show is brought to you by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip when you're on social media. All you got to do is book your own with Hotels.com. You can get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. This is Locked on Cougars. Back in a moment. Locked on Cougars, and thanks again for joining us on a Wednesday edition of the show. Hopefully, you guys' day and week is off to a great start whenever you hear this. Of course, uh, the news breaking yesterday that BYU has hired their new football analyst for the radio broadcast. Former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson will join Greg Rubel in the booth this season, and I think it's a good pickup. Riley is one of the most detail-oriented guys I've heard break down the sport, and I think he'll do great things for the Cougars as their new football analyst. Of course, Greg Rubel 
one of the gold standard guys when it comes to play-by-play. And well, uh, Riley Nelson will be on with DJ and PK in the morning, the show I work on for the Zone Sports Network here in Salt Lake City this morning as of recording. Uh, we'll play some of that on the tomorrow's podcast or in a future podcast, get some of his thoughts. Uh, excited to see what he can do in the booth with Greg, but I think he'll be a great addition. Of course, uh, Greg and Riley will be joined by Mitchell Jurgens on the sidelines and then their pre-half and post-game host will be Jason Shepard, all part of the BYU Sports Network. So exciting times for BYU. I was wondering who they were going to hire, and I think Riley Nelson will be a solid pickup. I think he'll do a good job in the booth. One other note for you before we go today is, of course, the All-WCC Awards that we mentioned earlier on today's in, in, in today's podcast. Excuse me. Of course, uh, senior outfielder Brock Hale was named West Coast Conference Player of the Year, while Mike Littlewood was named West Coast Conference Coach of the Year, and multiple BYU players are in all West Coast Conference honors, as it was announced yesterday. Uh, Brock Hale joined sophomore infielder Jackson Clough, who heard in the previous segment on the All-WCC first team, both very deserving there. Sophomore outfielder and pitcher Matt, Mitch McIntyre and sophomore pitcher Easton Walker were named to the All-WCC second team. Senior catcher Noah Hill and senior infielder Brian Sue were named honorable mention All-WCC, and stud freshman pitcher Reed McLaughlin was named to the All-Freshman team. So congratulations to all the players and, of course, Coach Littlewood on earning Coach of the Year honors. Brock Hale, I think it was going to be a two-horse race between him and his teammate Jackson Clough, who we just talked about in terms of Player of the Year, but I think Hale deserved it, and it's awesome to see. Uh, He won the first team honors for the second time for doing so in 2018. He was honorable mention in 2017. The Mason, Arizona native, is batting 340 this year. He's got 44 RBIs and 36 walks, 11 home runs. Didn't get drafted a year ago. I'm hopeful he gets drafted this year. We'll see how it goes. But there you go. That's today's podcast. Thanks again for joining us each and every day. Please continue to subscribe, rate, and review. We are available on all the major podcatchers. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and of course, a proud partner of the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Cougars. Check out the Himalaya Podcast app. Also brought to you today by our good friends at Hotels.com. If you would are interested or would be interested in advertising on this show, your brand or your uh, services, whatever you have that you represent, we'd love to have you on board. Competitive rates, podcasts that reach thousands of BYU fans each and every month, each and every day actually. We'd love to have you guys on board. Email us at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Follow the show on all the major social media platforms at Locked On Cougars and myself at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter. Thanks again for joining us on a Wednesday edition of the show. Back tomorrow, special fan edition of the show. Excited to have some of you guys sound off on the BYU Cougars kicking that off tomorrow and of course day number 98 98 of our 99 day countdown for BYU football and it's coming quick guys get excited this has been Locked on Cougars for May 22nd 2019